So we got like dead air. Dead air. Well, I mean, we can, again, we're, listen, anyone that's follows me for sure knows I haven't done this in a while. And we haven't done. Yeah. And I haven't either. And I want to talk about that too, with just the, uh, taking the summer off, if you will. Uh, we have a sabbatical. It really was man. Um, Let's see here. We're live right now and we're good. Here we are. We got two people watching. We're famous. We got two people. Dude, watching. and the post just went up on my social media. So, I mean, that's already two people. Boom. And so. we're flying higher. Yo, so let's talk about that, man. How was your summer? This is really just for people tuning in and so on. And this is going to be released out on the audio channels too. But this is really just you and I catching up, right? Um, you know, on, uh, over time, you and I've become, I don't know if we want to call it friends or just acquaintances. I mean, I don't know how deep we go. but we're uh, beyond friends. Are we? Buddy. Beyond yeah. friends? Uh, well, we've, we've made plans like 10 times to hang out and we keep breaking them. They, they fall through <laughs> consistently. That's a friendship thing, I think. So I'm going to say we're friends now. I think we can move on from acquaintances. Oh, maybe I not a bromance yet. Bromance. We're not there yet, but yeah, maybe I hear, soon. I hear volume. Let me turn that down. There we go. So, yeah. So, I mean, what? how was your summer, bro? It was really good, dude. It was, it was just a lot of stuff. You know, like August, I think. July was a pretty cool month. August, just everything took off, you know, uh, on a personal note, my wife got a new job. Congratulations yep. to Mrs. Pip. Um, that caused her to have the month of August off though, which was nice, which was very nice. And then I took some extra days off. So we did a lot of stuff with the mini pips. Um, and then in the middle of that, I managed to get promoted, which is, yeah, which is a <laughs> long time coming though. If I, Thank if you. I can say that without ruffling feathers, but they were, uh, you know, it was a long time coming and, uh, you were, you were every week was a, a new challenge of, is it going to happen this week? Is it going to happen next week? Right. But, uh, ultimately it did. And you got the seat now. So you're in a car, which is a whole nother animal. Well, we'll just substitute teaching. So, ah, so okay. Captain, I'm still on, on the engine. I'm back on my, on engine one. Okay. So um, you've just been acting then in, yeah. in the, in the car position. Yep. So when the deputy is off, I split the acting time with the other captain. Got it. So tomorrow it. it's my turn. So I'm in the oh, what are you, famous. That's I'm my the- daughter calling me because they're quarantined right now. We can get into that conversation too. <laughs> a whole new level. She calling <laughs> you like from her room? Like No, no, we shipped them out. They're not even here, man. I have like no kids for 10 days now. So oh, anyway, positive to that. no, it's I, I miss them. Like you wouldn't believe, man. Uh, I really I do. I feel terrible. They're supposed to start school today. Like it's just timing is so bad right now with everything going on. But anyway, back to you. No, but you know, you talk about that too. And like, that's been a big worry recently too. Like trying to get these kids today's their first, my kid's first day of school and you know i had some recent travel so there was that fear of like oh man like let's just yeah. make it yeah um, well i'm riding i'm riding the bench right now uh with covid so i'm home for 10 days uh which is wild now because you test positive very minor symptoms i mean uh, right now as i speak to you i am covid positive but all i have is a sniffle uh and uh and so now i'm 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 home i'm in the i'm in the uh i'm riding the bench for 10 days and um, which is fine because you know what that does that that gets me in line with a lot of stuff that I got to get done um, office wise for my for my job and for NFR and for everything in between. So it gives me uh, finally some dedicated office time that I needed, actually. So, hey, you know what? If, if uh, it stays this way, we'll take it, you know, yeah. um, I mean, that, that's but you have to look at it that way, too, that like, listen, no matter what it is in life, we always have to try to find the positive. Right. And 100 percent. And, it, and I mean, I do feel for your kids not being able to go back to school. No, that I was did. so concern of mine. Yeah. And, and not only that, but it's crazy because when you get into it, just talking about some things the it's such a fluid situation with COVID and these different school systems and how they're handling it, that 
our two schools. So my kids are now in two different school systems. One's a high school, one's a middle school. So it's two different board of educations and all that. So they have different policies. Oh, and then, so it's like, and then not only that, but like when we called the talk to, to figure out how it was going to play out, uh, they're, um, the different schools had to get back to us. They're like, we don't know yet. We don't know what the policy is because it's changing so quickly. You know what I mean? It's almost so, back to like the beginning. It like, is what, yeah. So it is what it is. But uh, unfortunately, we're, we're dealing with this right now in, in the Dodge house. But anyway, I want to get back to you. Promotion. Tracy's got a new job. Summer was good. Uh, five, five, five. What's going on there? Uh, so we, we just gave away a grant out to Michigan City Fire in Indiana, another Indiana winner. So we're in the process of getting all their equipment ordered. Um, our last grant for 2021, we're in 2021 now, is open right now. So fire, police, EMS departments can apply. Go to 555fitness.org. Um, we just, what are we at now? Like two weeks ago, we went out to California and got to participate in an event called the never forgotten games right that's cool amazing fitness competition uh and and, you know it was put on by cops a bunch of SWAT cops and and you know it pains me to say this but they did an amazing job of putting on this competition um and through them we were able to and through our partners with assault fitness able to donate 12 assault bikes that's cool uh, to departments in the area yeah so it's cool to be able to take an event like that and very rapidly and if anyone from any of the departments is watching the bikes have not shipped yet but we're getting there these things take time a little bit of time but very rapidly turn that donation right back into fitness equipment um and and that's going to be something that 555 is going to be trying to do more of in 2022 nice with local events uh well i was going to say i mean for for the mission of what you guys do i mean one you're a nonprofit, right so like the the time being put in between yourself and your executive board if you will and everybody else that helps on the 555 mission right it's really your time being given back and so to collaborate only helps you get the message out there and be able to allow you to do more when you start pairing yourself with different groups no yes and it's key. And, and to being a nonprofit, it, it's hard working with other nonprofits, right? Because we're all kind of looking for nonprofit dollars, right? plain and simple. Um, but what we've kind of learned on our end is that we can even help your nonprofit use your nonprofit dollars through our mission to help the people in your local area. And I think that's key because all too often we see very large nonprofits that are out there. Right. You donate money to them, but you never really know where it goes, right? Like you don't have that, you know, it's going to help people, but you don't know. So it's good to be able to help people in your local community. And that's what we did with not uh, Never Forgotten Games, um, was help people in their community, help a whole bunch of different departments get a, an assault bike. And so. I, you know, what's cool about that too is, you know, you guys are a nationwide mission, right? So you, yep. you span from East to West Coast and- uh, I know you have people all over the country, but you're primarily based out of, say, the Northeast, I would assume. Right. I mean, that's where your presence is. And so, you know, to get your attention elsewhere and to get your your influence and your exposure to different parts of the country requires travel, requires um you know, education and, and the constant push. So to be able to team up with the, with the games like this, uh, I know you came back from it. We were chatting and you said how instrumental it was in, in, in uh, providing and, and giving uh, more information about the mission of what you guys are all about. Oh, for sure. Like getting, getting out there to a whole new group of people. Um, yeah. This is 
we've partnered with a few fitness competitions before, um, but this is the first time in a while. And, and the fact we were able to go out there, but, you know, through our partnerships with different fitness things and people are like, you guys should run your own fitness competition. And it's so easy to say something like that. Oh, right? 100%, like, yep. And it's so hard to do. So the team at Never Forgotten Games, and listen, they dealt with some obstacles. I mean, they had to do a venue change a week and a half before because of the wildland fires out there. Um, and that was something that if I was running something in Northern California here from New Jersey, I could have right. never accomplished what, what Darren and his team did. Um, and that actually ended up being a huge benefit to them because the venue they moved into was, was unbelievable. Um, but you see these things and being able to have that outreach and have a group that has boots on the ground somewhere, has a good intention and mission and understands your group being 555's intention and mission was just a great experience. Um, and I do know uh, they, they told us they're inviting us back next year. So I think, I think we'll be doing the same type of thing again next year. with them. Yeah, and cool. I, you did mention the assault bikes, but did you mention what you guys were doing there? I don't, I'm sorry. Did you mention the assault bike CPR? I mean, did I did you, not. I yeah. Did so not. talk about, so talk about that. what you guys do because you also do that. Uh, I saw you guys do that in, um, with Zoll at one time in, at the EMS conference and yep, so on, right? It. So We've uh, so we do something called the assault on CPR challenge. Yeah. Talk and, about it. Uh, we partnered up with assault fitness to use their, their bike. And we partnered up with Zoll medical to use their monitoring capabilities and really their CPR feedback because they have a device. It's a, a small little hockey puck that you put between yourself and the patient. And as you're doing CPR, it's telling you how deep you're pressing and how fast and or slow you're pressing. So it actually is telling you the quality of your CPR because what we've learned over time is that high quality CPR, high quality chest compressions is what saves people's lives along with early defibrillation. Um, so what we've done is we put people on the assault bike for one minute. So you go max calories for one minute and you get your heart rate up because think about it. If anyone's ever done CPR, an emergency call, your heart rate is up. I don't care who you are, how many times you've done it, your heart rate is still up. After they do that one minute, they do two minutes of hands-only CPR. And they're able to see just how good their CPR is right in front of them on the monitor. And I would say that 80 to 90% of the folks, no matter how fast they went on that bike, get off that bike and their CPR is not high quality is an easy way to put it. Once I believe they, it. Once they see that monitor and we can focus them in on their rhythm and their depth totally changes total game changer yeah well i mean think about it right we we get trained once a year on cpr your annual refresher and what do you do you, you're sitting there and you're paying attention or not paying attention not paying you pump them. you pump on annie right remember yep. uh resuscitation annie right that's what that was it and uh and and off you go and you're doing it from a, a from a rest position and you, you do your 30, what are we up to 30 now? Compressions, right? You're just going so, for two minutes solid, man. Yeah, but I know, <laughs> but I'm just saying like- You're you know, literally just pressing on the yeah. chest. But if you think about it, right? Yeah. Like you do that from a resting point of view, now now amp yourself up and go at it, you know? Yeah. It's a whole different animal. It totally is. And, and we've been really successful. And, and one cool thing that was different uh, with this fitness event, as opposed to when we're at like FDIC or EMS today is most of the people at the fitness event were not firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, police officers, there were a fair amount, but we were able to teach 
about 40 people how to do appropriate hands-only CPR. So they would come off the bike. And I mean, we had some folks, they were like at the belly button, you know, like just, I don't know, I've seen this on TV. I watched 911 on Fox. Like, you know right, what I right, mean? We're like, right. no, no, let's put your hands up here. Let's right. talk about this for two minutes. And, you know, they spent a little bit of their time with us and they were like, that's amazing. Or we had a lot of people too. And I'm sure your daughters have been through this where they learn CPR in school. Right. And there was a guy that was like, I haven't done this since high school when they taught me how to do it. And I'm 32 yeah. years old. This could right. be a good refresher. Um, well, well so- it's something that everybody needs to know, you know, and uh, and then I think the other message, too, is the importance of and you hit on it is early defibrillation, too. Right. I mean, the, the importance the of getting people hooked up immediately to a machine. And I think now more than ever, they're readily available in most public venues now, you know. Yeah, um, they are readily available. It's just a matter of knowing where they finding is. them. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and. We did have a little interesting uh, scenario happen out there. Where, I was where, wondering how you were going to segue into that. I yeah, guess that I was, thought we was, could. Well, it, it yeah. works out because you said early defibrillation. Um, uh, where, uh, while man, we, you would think I've done this before, huh? Yeah, you may, you may be kind of good at this. No, shit. not really. No, not even close. But go ahead. Um, where, where someone that was at the event required CPR. Yeah. Um, and it happened not very far from where our booth was. It's pretty wild. Um, yeah. And, you, you know, you take the 555 team, um, three paramedics and a flight nurse all doing this CPR event. And, and we were able to aid this individual. Um, and, and one of our team was looking for that defibrillator, like running around this kind of large venue. It ended up being, being near the front door is where he found it. Yeah. Um, but it's just those things to keep into the back of your head. Um, and literally we had hands-only CPR started within I would say 10 seconds. That's how it's close amazing. That's amazing. Person. Yeah. I mean, it was right. Jeremy. Well, was you good. want to talk about a good play. Listen, if you're going to have an issue, if you're going to have an episode or go down. Sort of work that, that we just. It's probably to. helpful to do it right in front of the CPR uh, experience. You know what it, I mean? It, it, it kind of is one of those, <laughs> like it, it was something else, man. And yeah. you know, we're, we're still kind of waiting to get permission to talk more about. Sure. This I get it. Of course. To talk to the individual. Um, this person did have a, a, um, a positive outcome which Good. is something we don't often no. experience either. Um, more for us on the team, though, you know, we've worked together. Gosh, the four of us have been going at this for like four years now, I think, um, with 555. We never assisted anyone in a medical emergency. It was, for lack of a better term, a bit of a shit show um, <laughs> because it wasn't like we were at work with your crew, with your equipment, you weren't ready to go and do this. Right. Um, so afterwards we had a little like AAR, a little after action review. And we were like our hardest critics on each other. <laughs> like, why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we do that? And here, like, it was just that emergency response role kick in, you know what I mean? And it was, uh, it was an experience, man. It was definitely something else that you no, That's wild. Well, right place, right time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's gotta be looking back with a successful outcome that you had. I mean, it's gotta be, it's going to be a fun story to tell for a long time to come between you guys. I mean, it's just another, you know, you guys, I know how close I've spent time with you and your team and I know how close you guys are. So to experience something like that only brings, it's just like your, your engine company, your truck company, it just brings the crew closer together when you have, you know, a successful outcome at something like that. And so, you know, for you guys, that's fantastic. It only builds your trust and value of each other that much more. So it's a fantastic experience. There was a little barricade, let's say, in between ourselves <laughs> and this individual. And 
I saw it first and took off. Didn't even say anything. Like I just saw this right. was going to be a problem. Right. Apparently I jumped over the barricade and Rob described it as like, yeah, man, you just went over that barricade. And then CJ was like, it wasn't exactly like a graceful going over that barricade. Like Rob just said, it was more of like a, I tumbled over this small barricade. Didn't matter. Get out of the way. Right. right? And it's just like that. It's like your crew, right? She's going to sit there. Rob was like, yeah, you jumped over that barricade. And here yeah. I am thinking like, adrenaline pip like i scaled it like i was a hurdler no nope, right in the olympics cj like, brings you right back down to reality nah bro you didn't hurt a lot yeah. shit you, you fell over it you tripped <laughs> you, you, you stumbled across it and didn't know where you were on the other yeah. end type of a thing that's funny that's very funny well that's so, yeah, cool what experience. an incredible experience right so yeah. i would think with the successful outcome and and the success of what you guys did out there i'm sure they'll have you back which is uh which would be a fun experience why don't you talk about too i thought another interesting part of the conversation was um the wildfires that you guys experienced out there too right um because not many people outside of that part of the country really understand how devastating and impactful these firestorms are out there and you guys saw firsthand and had some conversations with people that i think probably i could see it in your face right now kind of like changed your your mindset on on all of this maybe you want to hit on that a little bit for sure you know and and i thought i had a really good or a better understanding of wildland fires from getting to know um, Amanda Marsh, Eric Marsh's widow, um, through her foundation and going out and, and experience some things there. Um, but this was a totally new experience because we were up in extreme Northern California. So Redding, California. Right. Um, north, you're we, talking North of like, like Sacramento North, right? North, you're, two hours North of Sacramento. Yeah. So it's um, way up. I think for people, an easy way to kind of understand it, if a lot of people, and, and if you haven't seen this, watch on Netflix, uh, Fire in Paradise. Yes. And then Re- Rebuilding Paradise is the follow-up to that. Both amazing, amazing documentaries. We were about 50 miles from Paradise. Um, and where we landed in Redding, we were actually in between two current burning fires. Um, one was the Dixie Fire. I don't remember the other fire's names, but we were about maybe an hour away from each of those fires. Maybe one was a little less. And every day we were there, there was smoke. Yeah. You know, you could, they said the day before we landed at one point, you couldn't even see across the street. So imagine like, you know, when we pull up to a house fire and you can't see across the street because the house in front of you on is on fire here, you can't see across the street because there's a fire burning 70 miles away. Um, so that was a really unique experience. And then we had a day with the team just to kind of hang out and, and do some stuff. And everybody was telling us how, oh, I would tell you to go here, but I don't want you to get lost in the smoke. Yeah. I would tell you to go hike here. Um, oh, go. Oh, no, you can't drive there because that's closed because of the fires. And this is how these folks live their life every day. And even during the event, one of the vendors had to leave because his house was being threatened. So he went home to try to salvage whatever he could and actually came back to the event because the fire stopped before it got to his house. Yeah. Um, but what we did do is we went into Whiskeytown National Park and to get there, we drove through where the car fire was, C-A-R-R, um, although started by a car, but that's right? not why it was named the car fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I believe they're named um, where the first <coughs> command post is set up is what okay. the fire. I did not um, know that. So we drove through there to get to, to Whiskeytown National Park, and this fire was in 2018, and it still looked apocalyptic. 
in some of the areas of just burnt out trees, burnt out section of forest. Um, you could see that there were a lot of new houses because obviously the houses that were there were wiped away and it just gave a whole new, uh, I don't even know, respect for the people that do that job beyond yeah. belief, but just respect for the power of these things and how much space they can take up. Well, and that's the thing, right? You watch it on TV. I mean, shit, we're on the East Coast, Pip. So, I mean, you and I, you know, we, yes. Do we have uh, what we call forest fires here? Yes. Every once in a while, South Jersey, the Pine Barrens, if you will, you know, you'll get a couple hundred acres maybe or something like that. This right? is hundreds, I, hundreds of thousands. No, of I know. I know. But right? that's like, my point, yeah. right? Yep. It's like we, we see that here maybe once a summer or something and we're like, or in the fall and we're like, whoa, you know. But then you go and and when you watch this on the on the television, on the news, on the nightly news and all that, there's no way to really comprehend the scope of it. Right. And and so when you say apocalyptic, I mean, that is probably very accurate in in what it appears to be. And, And not only that, but it doesn't just bounce back. I mean, as far as I know, it takes years and years for infrastructure and growth and you know and then not only that but after the fires you have um you know any type of rain destroys the environment even more because there's no there's no greenery or anything yeah all of it right so it's incredibly devastating um and i don't want to sit here and pretend that i know firsthand i don't but i could only imagine seeing that firsthand versus what you see on the news every night i have an incredible uh, appreciation for the, the men and women that are on that front line in, in, in the areas where they deal with these type of fires. I just, and we saw every, every hotel, including ours, had strike teams staying in them. Right. So they would come in, you know, there'd be six uh, engines parked in the parking lot. They would sleep and they'd be gone the next morning to go back to wherever their camp they were going to. And like, they're the fortunate ones that got to sleep in the hotel that night. Yep. They weren't sleeping out on the line. Yeah. But, you know, I've talked to a lot of wildland firefighters and again, through the, the Eric Marsh Foundation. Um, but now we spent most of our weekend with cops because th- that was the folks that were putting on the event. Right. And listening to their stories, totally different world. Yeah. You know, uh, the one guy who ran it, we were out with him and his wife and she was talking about like calling him and him saying like, I'm running from the fire right now. He lost his car. Couldn't find in the smoke, couldn't find his car. And he's like, so I'm now running and the fire's behind me. And she's like, wait, what? You know, we think about things like that on a fire end, totally different. And they were, they also spoke a lot too. So not just during the fire and trying to help with evacuations and all that, but then after the fire, when you're going back in and you see cars crashed head on because they didn't know which way they were. Yeah. They were just fleeing for their lives. And talking about maybe, you know, there being expired bodies in the car sure. and things that, again, on a mental health end, and these folks live, you know, they're not only trying to help get other people out, this could be their neighborhood that they Correct. live in that's happening yeah. to. So there's so much more to it. It's just such a, uh, have yeah. a whole new appreciation. An eye-opening experience for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, so. especially being here on the East Coast and we don't deal with that. Yeah, yeah, we deal with flooding all the time, which is a whole different world. But uh, <laughs> well, that was uh, that was a fun go. What last week? I guess it was. Yeah, last yeah, week. Last week. Um, surge. Yeah, that was wild. But uh, yeah. So what else? I mean, so that sounds like an incredible trip, impactful trip for sure. And you guys certainly made a difference there. Um, and 
you know, on many <laughs> levels. People say that. And like for so long too, and I say this for so long, so many people say like, oh, you guys make such a difference. You make such a difference. And I'm like, do we really though? Like, do we really know? Like people tell us, oh, I've lost weight because of 555. I've gotten healthier. And it's so awesome to hear that. But you're like, do they ever make a difference when you do things? I, I think this time we might've actually- This time you might've actually <laughs> made might've actually been able yeah. to say, we, we, we definitely made a difference there. There were, there were a lot of people though, you know, another, another positive to people and you and I talk about people all the time. Is there there were there were too many people trying to help that day? <laughs> let's say. I think that makes for a great story when you when you have the ability to tell the whole story. Yeah. Uh, I think it I, it will make for a good a good conversation for sure. De- de- definitely, I, I will say. Um, you know, if you ever are in an event of doing bystander CPR and you're with some people that you know, you know, make sure somebody becomes a crowd control. Captain Pip. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, cause like on a scene, somebody's going to run it. Right. And, and that's currently my job to run the scene now. Um, so if I'm not doing something, none of us kind of took that role on. We really needed that person. Um, but that's just something else that again, learn a lesson. Yeah. Better. But yeah, but, if we ever get to tell the whole story, we'll do that one day. Yeah. Well, bystander CPR, you get every type of person that wants to come up and help, and you get every level of competence along with that. So for sure. And, and to remember this, you know, and, and you know, you hear this story where it's like, is there a doctor on the plane? There's a woman in labor, and someone yeah. like picks up their hand. They're like, what kind of doctor are you? And he's like, a podiatrist. Yeah. You're like, shit, I got a bunion, bro. Take yeah, a look. Like, what are you going to do there, buddy? Right, like, right. I appreciate you and your service and all the things you've done, but we're not, you're not the doctor I'm looking for, man. No, not only, yeah, and not only that, but street medicine is very different than hospital medicine in exactly. a lot of ways. And, and so. we did too. It was interesting. We had a few nurses afterwards say like, that was so different than when we do it in the hospital. <laughs> like, yes, it was a little yeah. different than when you do it in the sure hospital. Sure is. Sure is. <laughs> so what else? What else is cooking? So 555, it sounds like you guys are getting back up you probably took a little uh little hiatus over the summer i think slowed down a little bit probably yeah um you know, you know i know into the summer is an easy way to put it what's you know, that like we pandemic yeah right summer no, i get it um and even still things are all starting to get back to something and, and we're going to figure out where our place is in that world yeah you know it's an easy way to put it you know there's not a lot of fitness events you know i know i know there's a lot of fire conferences going on right you mentioned before the cost of travel is through the roof. It's out of, it's out of control. Like, so to say when people are like, Oh, why aren't you coming to this event? Why aren't, why, why am I not going to, excuse me, Ohio? Well, because it's through the roof. It's a, it's an eight hour drive, which would be a day each way. Um, Gas is through the roof. If I fly, I'm paying triple what we would have paid before to fly. You know, it's just, it's just not. No. And that too is every, every dollar brought into the five, five, five family is hopefully distributed back between grants and equipment and, and so on and not having to pay for the infrastructure and, and travel and everything else that, you know, that unfortunately is required at times, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, I get it. I it's, get it. You know, I mean, again, with, with national fire radio and things like hey, people, are we, like, why aren't you here? It's so we've boring. been doing a lot of regional stuff. And, and I will tell you in the, in the, in the, the conversation of conferences, we've been to a bunch lately. Uh, some we've traveled, others we've been able to drive and, and save costs that way. Um, it's good to see conferences are happening again. Uh, I was out at FDIC this year. Uh, I think for myself, it was a, always a great experience because I get to see a lot of people in one place that I want to see. Had a lot of meetings, had a lot of things going on with vendors. So it was good for me. But I can say overall, that show was very, very difficult for the vendors, um, for sure. 
and I think the the classes were uh, were not fully populated uh, and so on. So it was a struggle and it was a push to get that conference back on the regional ones. I just got back from one in Syracuse, the heavy rescue conference put on by take the door training uh, an incredible conference, uh, about 200 students. Some of the biggest names in the industry were there teaching, which I thought was incredible to be at a regional conference like that. And so it makes you start to believe that you don't need to spend a ton of money to go to a conference and be influenced and taught by some of the best in the business. And not only that, but like this heavy rescue conference by take the door training, it's so disciplined in heavy rescue and special operations in a way that, you know, you get some of the best of the business there that want to learn, you know, when you, when you start, when you throw a conference that is narrow in its field of teaching, it, it attracts people that want to be there. It's not a general education event. You know what I'm saying? 16 hours of advanced metal cutting is not going to bring you, you know, the mutt on the back step of the engine that, you know, that got sent because he was told he's got to go. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know, these are guys and girls that are dialed in that want to be there. And so you could just at that conference, it was great, man. It was such a, such an aura around it of excitement and people enjoyed being there and a lot of similar faces I've seen at other conferences. So it's fun to see. I mean, and not only that, but it was in Syracuse. So it's not like a, you know, not to make it sound bad, but it's not a destination city, if you will. So people had to, people have to travel there, you know, to get there. It's not a, it's not a major hub or whatever. And so, you know, people had to uh, make a point of wanting to go and and, and needing to be there. Um, But I think the quality of that shows through the conference itself. And, uh, and it goes to show that, you know, it's important to seek these conferences out, you know, and I always say, look at the map, draw a circle 300 miles around where you live. And you'll find a decent conference at least once a year Easily. that you could attend for a fraction of the price of going to some of the big shows and you'll get some of the best education, if not better. Usually it's lesser amounts of students there. The ratio between instructor to students better. You get more tool time, more hose time, more ladder time, more cut time, whatever you're doing. Um, so these regional conferences are are really a win and they're doing very well. A lot of them are doing well. A couple are struggling, um, but I think everybody's trying to do them. And I think they're going to over time over the next few years, uh, you're going to probably have eight to 10 that are the premier in the country uh, that are going to be the go to conferences. I really believe that. I think, too, you have to look at it as you don't need the conference. You know what I mean? Like you need the education. Like there's those one day classes. You know, again, we're, we're pretty fortunate in the Northeast that we have a lot of people that do a lot of this teaching from this area, let's say. But they also fly in instructors for like a Saturday lecture or a Saturday hot training, you know, like I know you've been to a few that are just one day things, you know, you don't need that big, I'm going to walk the exhibit hall floor three days and do hot training these two days and and this party and that party, you know, if you're in it for that education end, those single day spots are great, you know, like that that you're getting maybe two instructors, different topics or something like that. A hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred percent. And I think that, that too, I mean, the whole, the whole idea of a conference is a massive undertaking and to be able to dedicate four or five days to it to to experience it is becoming more and more challenging for people it's not just cost prohibitive usually but it becomes the time time away time away from the job time away from the family i mean you and i talk it's not even a money conversation it's a time conversation yeah now how are things man i got you know slammed like you know how many just, you know how many of these conferences i've been to 
I couldn't even tell you at this point. And you know how many classes I've taken while I've been at all of these conferences? I, I've never made a full one. You know, I've got to pop in to see my buddy teach for five or 10 minutes. Right. Um, but I never got to really experience them on that end. Like I would love to, but it's that time thing again. Um, and more, I do more on the local level of hitting a one day lecture here or there. You know what I mean? Like I know you can hear Chief Turpak at one of these shows talk about high rise firefighting. I'm fortunate I could hear him in New Jersey do it. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, that only cost me some tolls to go up to. Because also the more you do, the more these conferences and shows offer, the more expensive it is. Because all again, costs are going up. You know, if they're providing you with a bus to the location, that bus cost more this year than it did last year, plain and simple, you know, because everybody's got to recoup their cost. No, I get it. I get it. There's there's a lot into it for sure. And I think that's where you're going to see a lot of these regional conferences that are scaled back. Um, I think that's why they're they're able to gain a pretty strong foothold in what's happening right now. Plus, I think that there's excitement. Um, you know, I talked about it yesterday. I was on a podcast yesterday and I, I talked about it and I said, you know, I I mentioned it before at the heavy rescue conference. I was just at this past week. Uh, I see a lot of similar faces, not just the instructors, but some of the students. Yeah. And I've seen these guys at other conferences and I've gotten to know them or, you know, acquaintance of them, you know, know their names or whatever. High five, do a beer at the bar, whatever. Right. And at the end of the day, it's exciting to see these same faces there because these guys are really dialed in, you know, they want to be there. But on the other aspect of it, and I said to them, I go, nice seeing you guys next time, bring somebody with you. <laughs> You know, like the importance, yeah, yeah. you know, find somebody and expose them to it. You know, it's great that there's a core group of guys that love going to these conferences and bettering themselves because they and they, and they love the not just the training aspect and bettering themselves, but they love the camaraderie and the brotherhood and all that that go to that goes along with these conferences. But I'm like, now grab one of your buddies or grab the guy in a firehouse that not many people enjoy being with and bring them. Because you know why, like the exposure to what the, there's a reason why you keep coming back. And if you keep coming back because it's bettering you, you enjoy the camaraderie and everything that goes along with it. Chances are you just need to expose somebody to that and they'll fall in love with it, too. And so yeah, we need to do get, a better job sharing that. They get the information from the horse's mouth, right? Because if you go to one of these conferences and you learn 10 things, I'm holding up a five, but 10 things. When you come back to the firehouse, if you can properly teach two of those things to anyone else you work with to win your aces right that's a total win yeah. where when they come they're getting that same information and then when you come back and you try to implement it because it never works exactly the way they said it was going to in your department right but if you have two or three of you there you're like all right so we can't do this load this way but what if we did it this way and it's going to work and you get that understanding like, and that 100 percent and that and that's the training aspect of it. And I also think that sometimes even, you know, the training aspect's good, right? No doubt. I mean, that's what, that's what those conferences are built on, right? Is, is sharing the passion and knowledge and experience of the job and, and paying that forward. But I think another big part of these conferences that need to be talked about and recognized, and I would say are equally as important is twofold. One, recharges your own batteries, because I don't care how in love you are with anything in this world, you know, at times you get you need some recharging and two um, it creates that recharge creates your love for it all over again, the camaraderie and passion that comes through this job and the networking and connection. I mean, I am probably one of the luckiest guys in the world in the last four years of national fire radio. I've been able to make some incredible contacts and great friends. I mean, you and I, 
we wouldn't have the relationship we have. I, I mentioned yesterday to somebody, I said, you know what? I said, in the last four years, I made the best friends of my life in the last four years, and I'm 44 years old. So in the last four years, I've made some of the best friends I'll ever have for the rest of my life. At 40 years old, that started. It wasn't yep. high school friends, not college friends, not adult friends, not my kids' friends' parents. Like, it is literally, <laughs> think about it, right? No, dude, I'm right, listen, I'm right there with you. No, but, I, right but we're all, I think everybody listening to this or will listen to this or anybody that's in the fire service recognizes how different the relationships are within the fire service versus their, their regular life, if you will. Um, and, and part of that is, you know, the fact that, you know, these conferences allow for you to go network and enjoy people and find people that are on the same page with you. You'll find similarities. If you're struggling with something, you'll find somebody there that's struggling with the same thing. If you if you're looking for something in particular, you'll find somebody that's still looking for that same thing. Or or you're going to realize maybe I don't have it that bad. Oh, 100 percent. Maybe dude, talk about that. I love that. maybe I'm that guy. Right. Yep. Maybe like, and I've said this, you know, we, we threw it on that t-shirt years ago, same circus, different clowns, but like, it's not, not just your department that this is happening in. You know what I mean? Like you're not alone. It's not that bad. And maybe the way that guy fixed it isn't going to work or the way this girl fixed it isn't going to work, but you're hearing these things and you're like, man, the struggles are real. Yeah. You know, the struggles are real everywhere. It's just a matter of like, we said to start this off, like finding a positive in that situation. And those recharges, I mean, I needed those three other five, five, five people, like as much as we've done this and we've done texts and phone calls I and, and I needed them to see them. You know what I mean? It was the best. I made a comment. I want to see Jay's post. I, it, that was such a great recharge. I still haven't really posted about it because I can't put into a stupid social media post what I really feel about it. And I may never because it's not for everybody else. It was for me and them. But I made a comment that it was it was three of the best hugs that I've ever had in my life. And I've had a lot of good hugs, you know what I mean? But like having that recharge is so key and learning from those people and learning that you're not the only one and learning that, you know, your problem may not be the biggest problem ever. You yeah. Know? It's so clutch. And I think, I think we got away from that. I think we never had that. Right. And then social media happened and everyone, and I just had a talk with, it's funny. I was, uh, Talking to our friend Ryan Pennington this morning on the phone, who another great friend. Don't talk every day of the week, but when we catch up, we get to catch up. And we were just talking about even not doing podcasting anymore, just because of all the other things we have going on in life and, and this, that, and the other. But, oh God, where was I going with this now? But in, in talking to him, it's that reignition, uh, a reignition of like, but we're still doing good, man. We're still finding positive. It may not be that same way. Oh, so where I was going with all of it was, too, we all got so caught up because maybe we did get too into this and into our ability to be a keyboard cowboy and into our ability to, to do whatever we wanted to on that. But now we're all starting to come back into the really understanding that this was great and it made people like me and you meet and things like that, but we can do so much more together in a different way. I think that's what we're, we're into now. You know, ease back a little bit. I don't know what the word is. Am I right? Am I wrong? Am I crazy? No, I no. You're, you're right. You don't know, but no. Kumbaya, I brother. No, but no, you and I, I, you I, and I yeah. talk about this. We don't know. You know what I mean? It's that. It's that. We we, we we're not so going to go backwards. Yes, we're never going to go backwards. Not going backwards. Right. We're not going backwards. And I, but I do believe that there is a tremendous value in the. You know, 
I'm going to write this down because I got to do a piece on this. Oh, how important? How important is the face to face on the fire ground? Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh my god. So, yeah. Okay. So this this is just clicking in my head. Like never thought of this this way before. But let's talk about this, right? So the face to face on the fire ground. I remember when I was in a command position, when we we're working jobs, there was a point in the fire where I would request on the radio to talk to either the operations chief or whatever position I was in at the time, you know, uh, let's meet up. I'd like to do a face-to-face -face. you get. And, and then it also matters at the, at the timing of the fire as well, because what you can do with the face-to-face -face is not only do you get the verbal communication, but you get the body language, the facial expressions, the look the of eyes. concern, the right? Yes, yeah. That's it. it's the the look. Eyes. You're, you're yes. Right. And, and so the face to face, which I wrote down, I don't take a lot of notes when I do podcasts and I should, because my guests are amazing and they always say so many great things. And then I'm like, I'll remember that. And I never do, <laughs> but the face to face it is recorded though, buddy, you could go back and watch. That it. is true. Uh, that is true. But the face to face is uh, incredible. So the same series outside of the fire ground just in the fire service the face-to-face -face is still incredibly important as much yeah. as we use the tools of delivery you know the the tools that we know to be the delivery methodology of today we still need the face-to-face -face because that's where the tremendous value there's value in this and there's value in being able to get your message across but you still need to have that face-to-face -to, -face to maintain those relationships camaraderie and brotherhood which is what I was talking about with these conferences and why it's so important to go to them. That's that understanding. You know, like you said it before, it's the understanding. The same, like I'm thinking at my career at times where either I or the incident commander have been like, we need a face-to-face. -face. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of it comes down to not understanding each other, but having right. to understand each other very rapidly. Like they've taken, when you do it, like I can tell you one where I had to, I had to do it, but I couldn't get off the second floor. And I'm like, I'll be at the front window. And like, I went, I'm like, and, and I lifted up my mask and I'm, he's standing below me. It was one of my older chiefs. And I was like telling him something that was so vital and important. I couldn't say it over the radio that he wouldn't understand what I was trying to express. Right. You know what I mean? And like, we did it that way. And he was like, gave me the thumbs up and I went back in. And that's the same thing when you get to see these folks and, you know, have these recharges. And I think, I'm all about the local show, man. I think hopefully they keep up. Hopefully yeah, I yeah. And I think uh, as long as they bring value, I mean, that's my other big platform that I'm pushing. And that's going to be the big push for uh, uh, we have a lot of stuff coming out the first quarter of next year, which is super exciting. Um, but on top of that, uh, you know, it's all about the value proposition with me. And this is something I've really been examining in my head now for the last month or two. Um, been putting a lot of notes on paper. I actually want to do like a. I don't know, small course or, or a video on it. Um, but the value proposition of 5149, giving more than you take. Um, and I think we can apply that to everything in the fire service. And we will lose every time we try to take more than we give. And, uh, and I believe that wholeheartedly. And so, you know, that's part of the mantra of National Fire Radio. I want to be able to give more than we take. Uh, and, I, and that goes with everything that we do. Um, I just and had I, a conversation this morning. So this did you? Yeah, with somebody from Canada who's trying to do something, not like 555, but yeah. something along the lines of it. And that was our whole conversation almost was, was talking about giving back, you know, like and, and giving more than you're taking back and wanting to do that. Um, and that's been everything with 555 is just continuing to, to give back and give back. And like I said, we're doing it. God bless you. We're Excuse doing it. Me. 
different ways and such, but it's very important. And it's very, I mean, for me, I mean, look, come on, you've said it already, you know, some of the best friendships I've ever made have been because of this. Yeah. These are some folks that I haven't even talked to in two or three months, but I know if we pick up the phone, we're going to be on the phone for an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, or or anything, or if they needed something, I would drop whatever I was doing to help them. Um, It's a, it's such a great concept and you need that, that face to faceness. But it's got to be authentic, right? It can't be The, the, the give, the give and the value has to be authentic um, because if it's not, it's, it's not, it's worth, it's not worth its weight. It's not worth anything. It's, um, a, it's the same as being in a class with somebody who's freaking blah, 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 blah. And then you go do the hot training. You're like, where is that guy? Yeah. Where'd he go? It's got a cramp. Where'd he go? I watched this dude talk to the instructor and tell him what he was doing wrong. Huh? Yeah. Where'd he go? Let me shine my light around this room here. Maybe I can Very- it's very true. It's very, like to, very true. So something too, and maybe, I mean, you, you've been to a lot more of these than I have, but like when you go to a smaller local conference or in a different state and it's a lot of local people and you're not the local pe- person, right? You learn so much more from them about how they do things where they are, but they have even more questions to you about how you do things where you are. But that back and forth, exchange to me has been like the most vital thing ever hell yeah um, i'm learning about stuff like, i mean we base a lot of our content just strictly on that right it's like how you do it is different than how i do it but there's a middle ground in understanding each other and and there might be that nugget that you do that i don't do because i didn't know any better and now i know yep. you know and so that's what that that sharing is that's what that camaraderie is that's that conversation over a pop at the bar at the conference that you go to like those are the important conversations. And that's why I want to stress again, like if you go to these conferences and you know how good they are. And when you drive home or fly home on that Sunday or Saturday night and you're flying high because you're like, man, what a great weekend. Got my ass kicked in the training and made these new friends. And I got to talk to this guy who I admire, you know, like all this stuff. And if you're if you're having that experience or conversation with yourself on the way home, then you need to tell yourself the next time I sign up for one of these, I got to bring somebody with me you now are responsible to expose somebody else to that high that you're fearing that euphoria of what that conference just did for you. You have an obligation to the fire service to bring somebody with you next time. No, I agree. And write everything down because you're going to forget most of the next day. Anyway, no, we already talked about that. I know, <laughs> but that I get it. it. And bringing, bringing that next, that other person, you know, to experience it is just it's so it's clutch. I say that word a lot, but it totally is like, yeah, you can, expose them to something new uh, for sure listen everybody's not going to jump and be like yes i'm coming i want to come with you because you had this great experience but that one person may and off you go yeah 100 you know? and that, and that's the thing i mean ultimately at the end of the day is is doing our part you know we got to give more than we're taking from this job and if we're if we're not if we're not looking out for the value of what these conferences can bring you and you're not wanting to expose other people to it you're taking you're taking more than you're giving. Bring somebody with you, share the experience. And you know what? The person might turn around and say, it's not for me. That's fine. You move on, you find somebody else, but you bring somebody that's willing to try something new and different. And I promise you, man, I just know how impactful these conferences and the relationships that I've been able to make over these years. I just know how important it is. And, uh, and I think that it's an opportunity that needs to be shared. So. You know, you know, what's even cooler too, is it, it never ends like that learning. Like right now, like I've been so fortunate to meet some of, you know, the, 
incident commanders, chiefs, whatever you want to say, you know, who've, who've run large departments, run all kinds of things throughout my years. Now that I have the promotion and I'm the substitute teacher, like tomorrow I'm on the car. Like I'm, I'm the guy who's standing outside. Right. Those are the classes that it hasn't been that I haven't been paying attention to that part because I, I knew this was coming for a little while. But now that I'm actually doing it, I'm learning on a whole new level. And look, those chiefs that are talking, they, they have, some of them have infinite amount of engine companies to call. I don't, but I'm still learning things from them about right. how they run incidents and, and trying to put these things in my mental toolbox so I can pull them out when I need them. Um, but, but that's like a whole new thing for me now to be like, I'm going to go here and, and learn this. Why don't you come with me and learn these other things that, that you may need? You may not need to be sitting in the command class next to me you may be better off in the engine company class or the truck company class, you know? Um, and then we can share what we learn together. And it's just, it's a great experience. I'm excited to get back into it. Oh, sure. I agree. I agree with you hundred percent. I'm, uh, I'm not that I'm not paying attention to you. I, I'm just I messing with YouTube on the back end here. Uh, is anybody even paying sure. attention to us? No, nobody. Today? It's just me and you rambling on and on. No, there's a couple people, but you know, but I mean, this was 12 o'clock on a uh, Thursday, Thursday afternoon yeah. lunchtime here and uh, you know, so on, but you and I were going to chat anyway. So we said, why don't we just go live with it and you know, whatever. But what's cool about that is it will be up for people to listen to. But I think ultimately in this quick, you know, almost hour we've been chatting, um, there's a couple of nice little nuggets that we came out with here on conferences. Face to and, face. Uh, I feel and, like there's something we can do with this too. Like we have to, I we actually have to do it, but there's definitely, here's all my notes I took today from our conversation. <laughs> That's it. Doodles face to face. It says grant is opened where to apply. So as we, as we go out, I'm going to say pip. Where can everybody find you? The grants up. How can people apply? Blah, 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 blah. So that's my notes. So you can You've see how doodling. This is like high school English class. You're sitting there doodling. Dude, don't, if you go to the conference, don't Dude. doodle while the instructors go. No, no, no. Look, that's all I do is doodle. I'm a, no, like a I, You're a I doodle on every single piece of paper. <laughs> Look, 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 here's a, here's a page from the other day. I doodle on everything. I am, I am probably non-diagnosed ADHD. Uh, I like to draw. I love to do like arrows and shapes. It's just what I do. It's my doodle, but I constantly have to write while I'm listening, but I, it's, it actually makes me pay attention better. Actually focus. Yeah. yeah. Listen, me moving my chair, like, listen, having, you know, Declan uh, with dyslexia and, and sure. watching him learn, you know, that was, again, I've said this on a few podcasts and things like with that, that virtual learning in the beginning, when I had to become Declan's, I mean, he didn't know how to use a computer he was in, the, in the first grade, you know what right. I mean? Like I had to be there with him, but watching the teachers, well, watching him learn was amazing and how he learned, watching his teachers interact with him to teach him how to learn. I mean, whole new respect for anybody that was a teacher in that. That's like, cool. Especially a special ed. I, yeah. I, I, I just, I could, so I see, uh, we live in the same community as his first grade teacher. So I see her here and there and it's a hug because I'm like, you're the best lady ever. Like I got to I watch you that. do that. Like, you know what I mean? And that's going back two years, but it's the same as me. Like you see these things and that's what we do um, to be present. Some people think, oh, that's rude. That's not rude. That's just me bouncing around like my hands are moving my butt's moving my feet are moving yeah no i get it man i'm the, I'm the same way just different but uh yeah it works so <laughs> all anyway. right so where do you find out about the grant five, yeah five, so five, pip hey pip 
tell me where tell me where if people are interested where they can find the grant and what they need to need to uh, apply with it's so awesome that you ask oh my so gosh you can go to 555fitness.org backslash grants or just click on the grant tab um the application will be open until september 31st is when it closes any police fire ems department can apply there is a grant checklist for the application that we put on so basically you have to make sure you have all those little boxes checked it's a Google form made up by firefighters, police officers, EMTs, for firefighters, police officers, EMTs. Make sure you have everything checked and hit submit. Um, and there you go. That's the easy story for that. You can follow us at 555fitness on Facebook, Instagram. Um, I'm 555pip on Instagram. If you wanted to follow me, if you didn't, I doubt anyone watching this is like, I've never seen those two people before. <laughs> You, uh, you also have another podcast too that, uh, you know, uh, platform playing that, dormant, playing dormant. that is, uh, up. it's been a little sleepy, um, a little sleepy. but uh, I would love, I would love for you and I'm not, this is not any way of a push, but, but <laughs> I want to, no, no, not even close. I would, I would love to, I would love to see you do something with it because I think I that you. I, I always enjoy our conversation, um, not just as friends, obviously, you know, off the camera, but um, but on camera, because I think you you have a very uh, dialed in perspective on a lot of things in the fire service. And you're known um, you're known primarily for fitness um, and uh, well-being, if you will, because uh, I knew you do talk about mental health as well. I know yeah. you're pretty dialed in with they that all, as well. They all can I didn't do I was just a bro who liked to lift weights. Right. And it all comes together. In this right. whole. But I think the other fun part is to remember that you are also a, you know, career fire service captain goes to work, loves the job. Um, and I think oftentimes you don't get to talk about that part of things. Um, and I think, you know, you need that outlet too. So, you know, the ability to have uh, your own uh, podcast, which you have a couple episodes up, I'd love to see if you fire that thing up again. Um, I just think it would yeah, be dude. great um, not to throw something on your plate, but uh, it's no, just, you know, I, think, I think, I think you I have a good message to share and I think you have a good way. I enjoy your interviewing style and how you talk to people. So I think it could be um, really a success for you and, and, uh, and helping the mission of five, 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 but also helping the mission of, you know, Robert Paparo. And uh, wow, you really are a friend. You know my name. My real well, name. Did I pronounce my it right? Paparo. You said Paparo or said Paparo? I don't know. I get them all. I, I give it up. Call me. I good. know that. You, I don't you even listen. When, when people say my name like you that. You stopped correcting me after uh, yeah. all these years. And I just say, call me Pip. Like, it's, it, that's it. Just Pip. Yeah. Like, it's, it's funny, too. So my older son, uh, Finn, he is really good friends with uh, a medic that I worked with, son. And so she calls me Pip, but he calls Finn Pip. So oh, really? it's just like weird. Yeah. Like, so is, is Pip and Pip coming over, he'll say, or something like that? Like, it's just this weird thing that like, I don't know. It's, it's funny to have Finn already starting to get called Pip. Um, well, it was bound to happen, no? Yeah, it happened to me. I mean, it happened to all of us. It's right. just, I think it stuck more with me, but that was just because of the way the stars aligned and such things like that. Um, but yeah, I want to get the size up going again. And, you know, I think today was the first day back to school. So it's kind of been interesting to have the house to myself with, with Tracy at work again and, yeah. and 
you know, not having as many worries about that. And, and well, so it's I the think- same here, right? I mean, I'm trying, we took the summer off on podcasting. I really haven't put out any new episodes. Um, and Rob and I have been talking about getting it going again. And we have so many guests that we want to get lined up. And now that I'm stuck home for a few days, if you want to watch an earlier, I I'm, I'm on the bench for 10 days uh, for, you know, reasons. And, uh, and so I'm home and, uh, and so because of that, it's between work and everything else. I want to squeeze in like one a day. So that's what this is all about today. So, but listen, man, I always enjoy talking to you. Um, you're a dear friend and, uh, whatever the future holds, I support you a hundred percent. Um, so get your ass going on the size up and, uh, I made you a logo with some stickers, you tool, get, no, we're good. Listen, listen, I, listen, when you're, when you're ready, when you're ready, it's, it's, it's coming. I know that when you're ready, wink, wink, get your ass recording. No worries. All right, listen, I've had enough of you. Let's get out of here. Uh, congratulations on all the success you guys have had with five, five, five. And of course on your promotion, uh, and everything else, man, moving forward. Thanks, congrats. Brother. And um, we'll connect soon again. And uh, it's always a pleasure. I like it. Let's do it again. All right. Don't disappear, but we are going to stop. So I'm not going anywhere. guys, thanks for tuning in for myself and uh, Pip from Cheers. five, five, five and the size up Jeremy National Fire Radio. <laughs> <laughs>